Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. should be over the things that happened to me. I'm to blame. It has to be my fault. Why else would it have happened? These are just a few of the statements many clients have said to author and mental health professional Kelly James over the years. Kelly James, the host of Why Aren't You Over This By Now, kept searching for something that would help her feel better after things that happened in her personal life. Finally, she found a way to heal her past in order to love her future and is here to share her discoveries and help the lives of others. So please welcome the host of Aren't You Over This By Now, Kelly James. Hello, welcome to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Kelly James, and today we're going to be talking about how to build resilience during difficult times. And my guest today is Alina Garbus. And so if you want to ask either one of us a question, you can call in at 866-451-1451, or you can send me an email at whyaren'tyouoverthisbynow at gmail.com, and I'll check that throughout the show. So Alina Garbuse is a licensed professional counselor in town. She is also a certified clinical trauma professional. She's a certified EMDR therapist, and she's an EMDR consultant in training. So if you're listening to this and you need um, your supervision for your EMDR certification, you can contact her. So welcome to the show, Alina. Hello. So nice to be here again. Yeah, it's exciting. So start off by telling people how they can get in touch with you. So, I mean, you can really, the easiest way is to just get on to the website, alinagarbuz.com. And there are options for, you know, a free 20-minute consultation. Um, You read different blogs about different topics or to schedule a session with me at the patient portal. And that's at alinagarbuz.com. Okay, and Garbuz is spelled G-A-R-B-U-Z. So, Elena, we decided to talk about resilience. So let's start off with talking about what is resilience. Yeah, um, well, resilience, we we talked about, you know, just COVID and this, the year of 2020 and, and how, you know, most people are struggling in one way or another. 
And, and a good way to start thinking about even this year is to start thinking from the framework of, you know, how do I build resilience? Um, during a hard and challenging time. And so resilience is, um, by definition, uh, being able to bounce back from a, a difficult circumstance. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a really great way to say that. And bouncing back, um, it makes you stronger. It's kind of a, an internal toughness, if you would, mm-hmm. um, and recovering yeah. quickly. And so you talked about there's this equation you use about stress and rest. Um, can you share what that really means? Yeah. So most people are afraid of having any form of stress, especially nowadays when we hear so much about traumatic stress um, and difficulties and being uncomfortable or this triggers me or that triggers me. And so a lot of us um, are trying to live lives where we remove the triggers or we stay away from stressful situations. But the truth is, you know, just like we go to the gym to put stress on our bodies to get physically stronger, we also need to go and engage in a mental gymnasium of sorts with stressful situations. Um, and, and they're called acute stress, so they're not chronic. And so when we, you know, have conversations with loved ones that where we disagree with them or maybe there's whether financial stress or work stress or relationship stress, um, that can allow us to grow. Um, the, the important part is to make sure that we are resting, you know, so just like mm-hmm. you would go to the gym and you would put rest or strain on your muscles to grow them, but you need to rest in between the days. So you would do the same thing with any other mentally stressful challenge. You have to rest. Yeah, that's a great, um, great, great advice because you're right. We can't do without stress because even like when you're sleeping and the alarm clock goes off, that is a stress response in our system. Mm -hmm. And so it's a good stress that says we need to get up and get moving. So, you know, it's important. I think what you said is it's not about getting rid of all stress. It's about how do we manage stress? And we talked about seeing stress from a different way, a different point of view. And what does that do if we start looking at stress differently? Well, it grows um, mental flexibility. We become emotionally agile and we're able to um, more like fluidly um, manage and, um, notice our emotions and our feelings and things that make us uncomfortable. Um, you know, 2020, there's COVID, there's uh, so much tension in our nation, it's, it's so many conversations that we need to have that make people uncomfortable. And so if people see that all of this uncomfortable stuff um, has a way of potentially making us stronger, better, more resilient people that they will not run from it. They will engage with it, you know, and allow themselves to um, let these difficult, stressful situations to grow them as a person. So you you bring up a really good point of seeing things differently. And how do you, you know, with all the stress that's going on, all of the different um, things, I, I don't want to mention all of them and give them weight, but how 
do how does someone sit down and be able to just say to themselves I want to try to see this from different angles well I think about it from it's um, a lot of people are engaging with let's say yoga right now right and yoga if you start and you've never done it it's such an uncomfortable activity because you notice parts of your body that have never moved in certain ways and they get uncomfortable and they feel stress and tension and and so when you're in certain yoga poses and you feel uncomfortable you know usually a teacher tells you to breathe through it right breathe through it get flexible and so i think of this the, the same way when we are in uncomfortable situations with let's say people or conversations or feelings and emotions is we take deep breaths and we don't run from it but we engage it we notice what is the emotion the conversation the situation telling me what is making me feel uncomfortable i can handle this you know and kind of almost like lean into the uncomfort and allow it to teach you something right and so the more that you lean into it just like with yoga or like any exercise or running that we do um the the more flexible we become and the stronger we become and next time we notice that we can handle a lot more yeah so and that's so our yeah body being flexible with yoga and then that mental mind flexibility I I think is great and um, one of the things I do with clients is when we're working on a memory is have them kind of look at the whole picture because when we're in the middle of something it's like we have binoculars up and we can only see our little perspective and if you take a step back and see everything that's going on I for me that creates some flexibility flexibility in not jumping at to a conclusion that could be wrong but being able to see a, a variety of different things um so if someone and has the way, go ahead i, I was going to say the way you want to see it is that the more flexible we become um the greater challenges we allow ourselves to like engage in. And so just like in a physical activity, right? Like if we're comfortable with, you know, running a mile, we will push for a mile and a half to three. And same thing with, you know, emotionally challenging situations, like the more flexible that we are, the more we can show up as we want to show up instead of being afraid of being triggered or being placed in emotionally uncomfortable situations and reacting as we do not want to react. And so part of, I think, being emotionally flexible is then allowing ourselves the space to be ourselves, right? Yeah, I think that's a great um, way to say that is who we want to be. And that's kind of something I've said to my clients is who do you want to be and start there with the mental piece to move to Mm -hmm. be able to handle that in your everyday situation. So we're going to talk more about creating flexibility or flexibility in our thinking and resilience when we come back from break you're listening on bbm global network and tune in radio i'm your host dr kelly james and you're listening to why aren't you over this by now we'll be right back if you seek a courageous advocate prepared to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations carol ann hamilton is the one for you Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. 
As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Welcome back to BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio to Why Aren't You Over This By Now. I'm Dr. Kelly James, your host today. And my guest today is Alina Garbuse. And Alina, before break, we were talking about resilience and creating mental flexibility and body flexibility. So how can people um, create or increase their capacity for resilience? So one, one idea that comes to mind is you know, um, maybe at home, um, bring up something that you wouldn't usually listen to. Maybe somebody else's view, right? Listen to somebody on YouTube or even on the news that you know you would disagree with, but simply for, um, you know, practice sake, bring it up and teach, you know, teach yourself to be um, I think and and to, you know, like... And you can do this with whichever news station you disagree with or boils your blood the most or even whichever cousin or family member just gets under your skin. You can practice this or even reading a book um, from somebody who you just don't really agree uh, about their opinions, right? And so the, the point is to start mentally practicing so that when you are in real-life situations, you've already practiced. And so you can show up more equipped to like listen to the other person, listen to what they're saying, the meaning that's coming from what they're saying. And ultimately, then you show up as you want and you have this space where you can respond based on your values, your principles and what you believe and what is important to you instead of how most people respond when they're triggered is, you know, out of a place that they're not proud of later on. Yeah, that's a really good point because when we get triggered, triggering is when that state level drawer in our memory, which is our brainstem area where all of our 
prolonged, overwhelming, unpredictable events are stored, that opens up and we have behavioral and emotional reactions. And then when the person calms back down, they're not real pleased with their behaviors or their emotional reactions. So I, I, that's a great way to say that, that you're not proud of later. So yeah, and um, it happens to the best of us, you know, it does. It does. It does. But the more work you do to clean out that state level drawer, the less reactive you can become. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the goal is to be less reactive and be present and being able to hear multiple sides of information and be able to handle things. So you talk about some practical practices for building resilience. And I've heard this thing where if you say something or use someone else's material three times, you get to claim it as your own. So I'm going to throughout this day, say practical practices multiple times so then I can claim it. (laughs) I just stick because they're practical, you know, and I think I've learned for both myself and the people I work with that if it's not practical, we just don't do it. We need to see like, you know, what about this activity is practical and how it could practically help me be practical, you know? Yeah. So practical is the word. Um, but yeah, so, um, the most important part, the most, I think, practical practice is teaching your body to live and abide in a state of calm and relaxation, which, you know, um, when we are calm and when we are relaxed, we can more easily choose to respond out of a more compassionate, you know, connected, caring place. And when we are triggered, we respond from the triggered parts, you know, the hurt parts, And, um, you know, I notice this in my life all the time. If I respond when I'm not calm, it usually comes from a hurt part or trauma part or, you know, a part of me that's not the adult. And then I have to kind of recalibrate and calm my body down and tell myself, like, no, like, this is not how I want to respond. This is how I want to respond. This is what is important for me. Yeah. So those terms that we use is and it's about your brain being calm or not. And it's if you are dysregulated, you're going to be reactive to whatever situation or person you're in. If your brain is regulated, you can be responsive and responsive is the goal. Responsive means you can be present and you can be who you want to be in this interaction and you can be proud of yourself when you leave that interaction. And so there besides therapy and working through your past issues that have caused you to get to that place, what are some other practical practices that you use or you help clients use? I mean, the easiest one is checking in with the body, like all the time, you know, and we talked about the 30 second body checks where, you know, when I start working with clients, you know, in the very beginning, I have them sometimes even have their phones remind them, you know, every couple of minutes or uh, every hour to do a body check and all that a body check is deep diaphragmic breaths and scanning through your body head to your toe and just checking in with your body how am I feeling like am I anxious am I sore am I tired am I you know nervous afraid and and so doing enough body checks can kind of help us then regulate our body like if we notice oh there's anxiety 
in my, you know, chest or anxiety in my stomach. Like, what is that about? And then I can do something about it instead of, you know, um, not doing anything about it. And then, you know, anxiety always leads us to make decisions that are not really the best decisions for us. And so, right. so the biggest one is just getting your body into a state of, of calm by body checks and by deep breaths. And, um, you know, some things you've mentioned is like holding ice in the hands. If you can get <laughs> to ice, pulling your body down and, you know, obviously like mindfulness, meditation, if you can do yoga poses wherever you are handstands. <laughs> so um, that always helps. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that I like to use, it was, it's by Dr. Daniel Will, and it's four, seven, eight breathing. So you breathe in through your nose to the count of four, and then you hold it for a count of seven and let it out for a count of eight. And if you do that breathing and be really intentional how you do it, it will literally within four times of doing that will just calm your whole brain and your body system down. So it's a great way. All right. So we're going to talk more about how to create and build resilience when we come back from break. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This by Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Be sure and stay tuned. We'll be right back. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current and concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and Tune in radio. 
Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kelly James, and you're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. My guest today is Alina Garbuse. And Alina, I have a question for you about resilience. And do you think we have to be in a state of stress uh, to be able to learn how to build resilience? Um, I think so, yes. Because it's kind of like, like you can't learn to run a mile and a half unless you run a mile, unless you run half a mile, unless you get off the couch and go for a walk, you know? And so in some ways, you have to put some kind of pressure or some kind of uncomfort to your current state in order to increase resilience because you how how can you be flexible if you're not stretching and okay. all kinds of stretching makes us feel a little uncomfortable. So that's just my thought. I can't imagine reading about like resilience, for instance, in a book and, and just being resilient. I, I think that stress <laughs> is absolutely, but the, the important part is acute stress. And there's a difference between like acute right. stress and traumatic stress, right? So traumatic or stress, chronic no, stress. don't go looking for that. Yeah, yeah, traumatic, chronic, like that's not something you should be looking for. <laughs> yeah, and there are things you can practice that are in place that you have the synaptic connections built in your brain mm-hmm. so that yeah. when something happens, you're prepared. Um, one of the yeah. things, um, grounding activities, um, since we're in COVID and doing, you know, working from home, I'm able to go outside between sessions and I take off my shoes and I stand in the ground for Mm -hmm. about a minute just to ground myself to the earth. And there's, there's science that says that this is important for us as human beings to ground to the earth. So what are some grounding techniques you use? So, I mean, definitely going outside is one of them, but um, bringing myself back into, like, out of my head and into the space I'm in. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. like, whether we're studying or with people or in meetings, um, like, we're in our heads all the time. And so getting out of my head and noticing like the candle that's in front of me or the flowers I got this week or even just like the weather outside and so noticing the room outside uh, outside of my head um, and I find that that is my favorite way to ground myself um, I think music grounds us too just like listening to music um, that gives us uh, maybe an upbeat mood or gets us out of our heads or stressors and things like that um, yeah. yeah, and if, if someone's in the moment and they're really struggling, um, it, it, grounding is about distracting yourself. So counting backwards by seven from 100 by sevens, something that's going to distract you. Look in the room that you're in and count five red things and four blue things and three yeah. yellow things. Yeah. And so it just, like you said, it gets you out of what you're focusing on and gets you into a different place. So yeah. for you, um, we've talked a lot about triggers and I figure most people know what triggers are, but what mm-hmm. does a trigger mm-hmm. feel like in our body? I mean, our usually like our body react implicitly it's a felt sense of something uncomfortable that reminds mm-hmm. us 
maybe something of the past, but I think for a lot of people, they don't know that it is a reminder. They just feel um, physiologically, they feel uncomfortable. And so they, they don't know that the physiological uncomfort is simply an implicit memory. And so a lot of times, then we don't treat it like that. But if we do know that it's just an implicit memory of something from the past, something current is reminding me of something uncomfortable from the past, and then I should deal with it like that. And so that is the way that I think of triggers as far as our bodies go. And the way I look at triggers is, again, in in the book, Why Aren't You Over This By Now, there's a graphic of that about the four levels of memory. And these are in that Mm -hmm. bottom level drawer. And I look at triggers as information that there's something in there that still needs to be healed instead of resisting the trigger or being upset about the trigger. Mm -hmm. I want to take it in and go, oh, there's one more thing that I can work through so that it will be gone. Um, Because for me, my goal is to stay regulated and responsive in situations, no matter what the situation, because that feels good to me because that means my my body system is calm no matter what the situation. Yeah. It d- yeah. doesn't mean we can't feel. It just means I get to choose to be responsive in a situation. Um, you've Absolutely. also talked about having a nurturing, supportive network in building resilience. Why is that important? Well, and that kind of it, the nurturing, supportive network, that's one think about people and think about when we talk to people and um, we feel calmer around people and right now because of COVID we're not around as many people and so we can't get our daily dose of hugs or touch Um, but but sometimes even talking to someone with a calm voice or someone who we know loves us it regulates us it calms us down you know and it helps us anytime we're connected Right, like we are just better people in general because connection helps us feel, um, you know, like we are part of something bigger than just ourselves and our opinions. And um, and it's also, uh, you know, important overall for not just uh, resilience, but like post-traumatic growth that I know we will talk about a little later on mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah, because we are biologically engineered to be in relationships. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it really yeah. is important. Um, so Zoom or Skype or any kind of FaceTime, just a way to feel connected is great. Um, yeah. Al- Alina is probably uh, probably the top two people that I know reads as much as she does. I mean, you are I love to read and I read a lot, but you far exceed me. And um, so you you said I think something I read because you taught me to read. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I did order four books last week that are coming in from yeah. Amazon. Um, so you said something that I just found um, was a really cool statement about about reading that I want you to share when we come back from break, because it's such a great statement. And I want you to share about that. Um, I also want you to talk about the benefits of journaling and um, different ways like extroverts and introverts interact with people in ways um, to make that work during this time. 
All right. So when we come back, she's going to be sharing about that. You're listening on BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. To my guest, Alina Garbus, and I'm Dr. Kelly James, and you're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? Be sure and stay tuned to hear what her statement is about reading books and journaling. We'll be right back. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. BBM Global Network. Welcome back to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Kelly James, and my guest today is Alina Garbus. And Alina, we were talking about before break about this great statement you make about books. Um, can you tell the audience what that is? Yeah, so, so I love to read. And I love to read, uh, you know, from authors from just like different mindsets and different opinions. And so being an introvert and it being coronavirus, one of the ways that I feel like that I find connection is with the authors (laughs) that I read. And so every author that I read and I get connected to, I feel like, uh, you you know, for instance, like I've been reading a lot of Dietrich Bonhoeffer work. Um, you know, and, and so it, it's like I'm communicating with them in sorts without actually communicating with them. But I feel like for me, it, it gives me a sort of companionship, you know, when I'm at home at night with my tea and my candles and, and on my couch, just reading my, you know, my books. And same thing with, you know, I do this with YouTube videos as well. I will listen to just people that I really admire um, dialoguing with, you know, other people and just kind of, um, it's not like I don't pretend I'm with them, but I kind of feel this connection when I listen because my brain is then asking questions and, you know, like the curiosity 
um, you know, itch is taken care of. And so that is a way that I find that helps me connect with others, even though they're not um, in, in the room with me, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I loved you. You said to fall in love with authors and books. And I just think that's a great way to say that to just fall in love with books and read them and and find an author you really like and just read and turn off the TV. I have um, I think three TVs in my house and I don't think they've been turned on for like two years. So um, yeah, doing something different. Okay, so fall in love with an author or books is beneficial and what about journaling what is beneficial about journaling so a journal is almost like a person or a friend that you can talk to that listens really greatly because they don't talk back um and so i mean there's like i think a whole like science understanding behind journaling and the, the power of actually handwriting and how it helps us process emotions and thoughts, process just kind of what's going on in our head. So we can journal just like we can talk to a friend or to a therapist, you know, like, this is how I feel. Here are my thoughts. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm here are my worries. And, and what I notice is that a lot of times I don't need to plan to journal. I just journal things out and whatever resolution I am looking for, it just kind of comes out in the writing, you know? And so anytime it's just a great activity when you feel angry or disappointed or hurt, heartbroken, you know, just pick up your journal and write it out. And what I have found is just, it's been a great way to process emotions. Yeah. And I think it's a great way for introverts too, because that, that helps them fit their style of how they interact with the world. And I had read um, years ago that it takes handwriting 13 pages before you get to the real core issues or the real internal stuff that's going on with someone. So it's a lot of writing. So don't, you know, just, it's not about punctuation or grammar. It's just about letting that flow out of you onto the paper. And Recently, I read that um, if you're trying to learn new information, if you try writing it with your opposite hand or the hand you don't regularly write with, your brain connects to it better because your brain pays attention to differences. And so if you're writing something that you're trying to learn with your opposite hand, your brain is going to pay attention to it more quickly and you will learn it more quickly yeah i just thought that was a really great um bit of information to have and so what about extrovert extroverts how how can they help build resilience during this covid time well extroverts really like the the difference the easiest difference between extroverts and introverts is they tend to get more of their energy from, um, you know, being around people and introverts get energy from being um, alone. Now, not entirely, just, you know, like the balance is tipped on one and the other. So anyways, extroverts, if you're an extrovert, finding ways to connect, like I've told, you know, some of my extroverted clients, like this is when you want to sign up for a class. 
right? Like um, sign up for a class, maybe create a book study, right? Like go through a book with your friends um, or maybe there are so many online um, learning opportunities right now um, for people, right? Like, um, so those are the the few things that are coming up for me. But, you know, um, I guess anything that is socially distancing yourself but still being around people, like, uh, you know, go outside and sit on your balcony, right? Like you don't need to maybe engage with people but be around people see the people that are walking past your home or sometimes Mm -hmm. for me I I know I need to be studying and focusing but I also feel too isolated so I'll go on my balcony and I'll sit there and I can hear the the kids and they're laughing at the pool area and just having fun and I notice that just hearing other people having a good time and being with each other and just being a family is enough for me to keep doing what I need to be doing. And it kind of fills up that, like, I think an extroverted part of me that wants to be around people, but at the moment can't. Sure. And I'm just going to share that um, Alina is actually working on her PhD now. And so that's where her time is being spent is studying getting that done so when we come back from break we're going to be talking about post-traumatic growth and trauma you're listening on bbm global network and tune in radio i'm your host dr kelly james and you're listening to the show why aren't you over this by now so be sure and stay tuned to hear the difference between post-traumatic growth and trauma we'll be right back Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe to Chandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C., Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. Welcome back to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and you're 
listening on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And my guest today is Alina Garbus. And Alina, we want to talk about the difference between post-traumatic growth and trauma because a lot of people think that anything that's um, painful or a scary event is trauma. And you and I know that's not true. So can you share about what that post-traumatic growth is and what trauma is? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you meant to say the difference between a traumatic experience and a painful experience. <laughs> I and, did. Right, like, <laughs> I, and, as I was saying yeah, it, I was like, that's not what I'm meaning to say. <laughs> yeah, because what people, I think, forget is trauma is not just, it's not how, it's not like, oh, this is a traumatic experience for me because it's how I chose to see it. No, trauma is something that happens um, in our brain on a very deep, threatening level. So a traumatic experience is an experience that um, makes us feel unsafe, right? Um, like we are in a real or perceived threat and, um, and, and there's physiological reactions that happen in our body. A painful experience is an experience that is simply uncomfortable or challenging or difficult or one that, you know, makes us feel not so good. And so the difference is that the way I like to think about it is one is an actually unsafe situation or experience and the other one is simply just an uncomfortable situation. Okay, and if you can tell, Alina had to step outside, so she'll get to a location. Yeah, sorry. And, yep, that's fine. Um, so, you know, as certified trauma professionals, which both of us are, um, I think the importance of that, and I've talked about this before, is really fully understanding what trauma does to the whole body system and then how to heal it. And like you use EMDR therapy, I use EMDR. How do you use EMDR? So, I mean, there's different ways to use EMDR. There's trauma reprocessing, but there's also like a symptom reduction way to use EMDR. And symptom reduction is when we simply just like help people, you know, experience a reduction in their symptoms and we don't try to process trauma. And that could be a lot of times done in times or situations where we just, um, you know, like where we don't have the ability to do full trauma work. But so, I mean, I do EMDR over the phone, um, um, over virtual conferencing, um, and, you know, through tapping, through deep breathing. And so uh, it's a very creative, so creative method, like based on uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a scientific foundation that then therapists, I think, can be very creative in how they utilize it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, my clients have reported that doing it virtually has been just as effective. And so another way is somatic experiencing and internal family systems, which incorporates parts. And I really like using EMDR with parts because we all have parts. And I have to be careful when I mention to, uh, to people about parts that this, we're not talking about, dissociative identity disorder, we're talking about we all have parts of us. And 
I look at those parts as having information for us. And so I know you use EMDR and um, somatic experiencing. How does that help in, in reprocessing trauma? So somatic experiencing is when you experience trauma right in the body, and we all experience trauma or implicit memories in the body. And so, you know, kind of to build on what we talked about earlier, so you, you teach your body to be calm, right? But then you learn how to listen to your body, and your body is going to communicate in different ways, different from anybody else, right? And so... You know, some of my clients will experience, you know, their body's communicating by, man, they will get rashes or they will get um, just different pains in different parts of their body. And so um, what I have them do is notice that part of the body, notice what is happening, and then do facilitate it you know, reprocessing while they take deep breaths and notice what, you know, where the pain is found in their body. And really, most of the times, um, they will, their brains will show them memories attached to those body parts. And so it's, it's just kind of fascinating how our body talks to us that way. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, I, Trauma work is hard work. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but it is so rewarding when I see a client make a connection and is able to heal a memory um, because my experience, my personal experience and my experience with most of my clients is that we, when we've experienced trauma, we kind of lop off our head from our body. And so we are not connected to our body. And so um, really getting back in connection to our body and understanding that. And you and I have talked about doing that, um, like physically, doing exercising, doing things like that. So um, when we come back, we're going to kind of wrap up and tell you some other things that you can do to build some resilience. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and be sure and stay tuned to hear the wrap up of some really quick things you can do to build resilience. We'll be right back. MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with accompanying empowerment cards. She is a Spirit Book of the Year Gold Medal Living Now Book Award winner. And her book is a number one Amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the Living Now Spirit Book of the Year. An inspirational speaker, MJ will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life. Your life did not just happen to you. You chose it, which means you can change it. Visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024. French Rastafarian baker Chef Oug Mat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12. 
and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. You're listening to Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. My guest today is Alina Garbus. We've been talking about resilience. And so, Alina, in this last segment, I wanted you to talk about um, one last thing we can do to um create some resilience and we talked about that personal and moral compass and shatterproof beliefs so you can share about that yeah so one of the things you know I've learned a long time ago through all the trauma trainings is just creating like what is what are we about right like and every person needs to have their own moral compass. And that moral compass is constantly changing. And the moral compass is something that navigates you um, in the direction that you want to go. And so a lot of times, like for instance, when difficult life circumstances happen, I might respond or react in ways that I don't like. And so I go to my moral compass and I kind of uh, talk to it like it's my guide right? Like, okay, like what is important to me? Like I value maybe loving relationships. I value forgiveness. I value, you know, time and wisdom, you know, all my different values and principles. And so therefore, how can I use that in this certain situation that I may be struggling with? Right. And so Mm -hmm. part of the moral compass is that you have this internal guide um, of values, beliefs, what helps you, um, to kind of drive through a certain situation or maneuver through a, situ- a certain situation so that when you are triggered or when you are feeling uncomfortable or challenged, you can go to the moral compass, you know. And, and part of that moral compass is, you know, we want to, we want to add shatterproof beliefs, beliefs that are going to help us and not... Um, be kind of a stumbling block for us. And, and so every person needs to ask themselves, like, what beliefs do I have that are actually holding me back or, you know, that are not helping me deal or process through the situation? And what beliefs do I need to add to kind of my toolbox in order to be able to uh, heal, process, um, make sense, and, and grow through a certain situation? And so that's how I see you know, like a moral compass. We all have one or we should all build one for ourselves based on what is valuable for us and always kind of um, refer to it as guidance. And what happens if we violate a moral, our moral compass? I mean, we usually feel anxiety, right? And, yes. and that's when you know, we have to ask ourselves, like, okay, I either need to get rid of the behavior or the the belief in my moral compass, right? And so one or the other has to go, um, because if they're not aligned, then you will feel 
anxiety and the anxiety won't leave until you change something and so sometimes our behavior needs to change right and sometimes the belief in our moral compass needs to change sometimes our beliefs are unrealistic or you know like they um, are not actually helping us right and, and so um, and so this is where we have to kind of get interested and get curious and read and get advisement on whatever it is that we believe in, how we see the world and see where we can kind of change some of that. Yeah, I agree. And it's okay to question your beliefs and where you've got them because most beliefs are formed by the age of seven. And then we, we live our adult life based on beliefs from our childhood and they're just not valid anymore. And absolutely. Yeah, one thing that you and I both do is we practice gratefulness. And so how does that work for you to to create that resilience and create a mindset that's focusing on the good, not the bad? It's I, I think a better way of saying that is I stop thinking of things as good and bad. Yeah, true. Um, that has helped me. I no longer think of things as good and bad. I think of things as maladaptive or adaptive and as this is what is and it's happening and I, it is my choice what I do with it. And so it's either I learn from it or I suffer from it. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I feel like my personal responsibility comes in and it gives me a sense of choice and autonomy and then it helps me then move move into a space I want to be at. It's definitely not always easy, but I, I think it is necessary um, because yeah. otherwise the other choice is to stay a victim and, you know, think that bad things are happening to me, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So thank you for being on the show. You've been listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week been listening to why aren't you over this by now with your host kelly james kelly says the truth is that we all have things that happen in our lives we all have stuff you can live life the way you want tune in each week and discover that there's hope for healing your past beyond traditional talk therapy right here on kelly james's why aren't you over this by now been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.